Welcome everybody to Dinging Corners, a Slab Stocks podcast. I'm your host Nate, and today we are going to talk about the 2020 MLB Pipeline Top 100 Prospect List. Uh, a lot to dive into here. Um, obviously, every time there's a new list, uh, there's a lot of name changes, some players moving up, some players moving down, um, some things I disagree with, some things I agree with. Um, so we're going to dive in here. I'm going to talk about a lot of random stuff to do with this list and some prices here. Uh, so bear with me. Um, should be pretty valuable, I would think. Uh, and we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll jump in here. We'll jump in here. So, uh, to start, um, I thought it was kind of interesting. We had six 2019 draftees in the top 31 seven draftees in the top 50, and 14 draftees in the top 100. Um, just a weird amount for a new list. I don't know. Uh, I just think that's a lot of draftees for the 2020 list. Um, I don't have anything to compare it to because they are adjusting their, they adjusted their 2019 um, list throughout the year, so I can't go back and, like, look uh but uh, it seems like a lot. Also on the list, we've got 37 pitchers, 11 of whom are left-handed and 26 of whom are right-handed. And then we have 63 position players. We've got 22 outfield slash first base, 21 shortstop slash second base, 10 catchers, 6 third basemen, 3 first basemen, and 1 solely second baseman shout out nick madrigal so uh a pretty even i would say distribution um you're expecting a lot of shortstops and you're expecting a lot of outfielders which we got but then 10 catchers that's pretty impressive um i don't think that happens very often we got 10 catchers this year so uh, a couple other things i noticed um a couple things i you know uh, some movers some shakers we had Brendan Rodgers was at 29. He uh, finished last year's list at 14, which was a pretty significant drop for a guy that's been on lists forever. Um, they probably have some prospect fatigue with him. I've had prospect fatigue with him forever, and if you don't know what prospect fatigue is, it's you see the same guy on the list for a number of years, and you begin to just kind of dismiss him. You know, you see Brendan Rodgers on the list for a number of years, and you're just like, Okay, Brendan Rodgers, and you go past him to the new shiny toy, right? The new shiny prospect. So, uh, Brendan Rodgers dropped 15. Um, we had Taylor Trammell. He dropped from 28th to 57th, which a uh, pretty big drop. He also got traded to the Padres, you'll remember. So that should be interesting. Um, right now, oh, I should go over their prices. Right now, Brendan Rodgers is a $40 base auto, and Taylor Trammell is a $27 a base auto. Uh, Kiebert Ruiz had a big drop. He went from 33rd to 73rd. And you can get his BGS 9.5. His last one went for $40. Uh, Brewstar Gratterall. And, you know, Brendan Rodgers, I can understand. Taylor Trammell, I can understand. Ruiz, I can understand. Brewstar Gratterall, on the other hand, went from 53rd to 83rd. And I don't really understand that. He had a spectacular year in AA, threw five innings in AAA, and got beat up. Um, I don't understand exactly why 
he would drop like that. Uh, he's definitely one of the better pitching prospects in the game. Um, didn't seem to me like that was a warranted drop unless they just got excited about uh, his double-A stats and didn't actually really love him. Then, you know, that's possible. But, I mean, he threw a 171 ERA in 52 innings with 50 strikeouts in double-A. That's really, really good. And then in five innings, he threw a 506 ERA with seven strikeouts. You know, you can't take anything from five innings. His first 52 innings were really good. I don't yeah, I don't really know what to make of it. Um DB Garcia also big dropper went from 62nd to 92nd and uh you know that's one of those things where DB was a very nice pitching prospect but like a really high helium prospect for the Yankees where he went from not being talked about at all to everyone talking about him and uh I maybe 62 was too high at the end of the year last year. But I don't know how you drop him 30 innings. He did have a rough 40-inning stretch in AAA with a 5-4-0 ERA and only 45 strikeouts in those 40 innings compared to AA where he threw a 3-8-6 ERA in 53 innings but had 87 strikeouts in those 53 innings. Um, and then in single A, he did even better. 17 innings, 33 strikeouts, 3.06 ERA. So obviously he's 20 years old. He's only 5-9. The Yankees obviously were pushing him. Um, to AAA when maybe they shouldn't have, but I don't know how you drop him 30 spots uh, with the numbers he put up last year. It doesn't make any sense, especially with his age. Maybe it's height. You know, he's 5'9", 163, but uh doesn't make any sense to me. So Brewstar and DV, I don't exactly know why they drop like that. Um... On the risers side of the th- of the world, we got Jeter Downs moved from 87th to 44th. Obviously, Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray were part of that Matt Kemp and Yasiel Puig deal for the Reds, which I'm sure the Reds wish they could have back because they got almost nothing out of that deal from produ- a production side. And now the uh, Dodgers have two top 100 prospects in Jeter Downs and Josiah Gray and Jeter Downs obviously had a very good year. He had 412 at bats in high A, hit 33 doubles, four triples, 19 home runs, hit 269, 354, 507 for an 862 OPS. That's extremely good. Um, he did even better in his cup of tea in double A, 48 at bats, two doubles, five home runs, a 333 batting average a 529 on base, and a 688 slugging. Good for 11, uh, for a 1-11-16 OPS in AA. So Jeter Downs was incredible last year. Um, he's got very quick hands, a very simple swing, should continue to trend in the right direction. He's got the Dodgers on his side. I am very excited about Jeter Downs. Uh, Luis Campusano. Rose from 86 to 50th. He's one of the 10 catchers on this list. Uh, very interesting to see because he was kind of a forgotten guy in that Padres system. And uh, seeing him literally right in the middle of the pack at 50th, pretty cool. And then Christian Robinson went from 71st to 43rd, uh, which many of you know that we like Christian Robinson. A very interesting bat. And uh, he... 
was one is one of many many guys in a Diamondback system that is absolutely loaded. Diamondbacks probably have the second best system outside of the Padres in all of baseball, and that's including the Rays, who have a very good system. So Christian Robinson last year in uh, a ball hit 294 or 217, 294, 435, and 92 at bats, which wasn't great. But in rookie league ball. He hit 319, 407, 558. You got to remember, he's only 19. Get him another year in A ball. Let's see what he does. But uh, I like him. He moved up a lot. Um, as for prices, uh, Brewstar Gradle will go back a little bit. Brewstar, you can get for, he went from $25 to $20 to $16 on bids for base. So if we go with the latest price, he's a $16, but I'm sure he's somewhere in the middle of that. But $20 for Brewstar, pretty stinking nice. You had D.V. Garcia. His last one went for $33. You know, that's pretty good. Um, but if he's really the 92nd ranked prospect, $33 is too much. If it's just because the Yankees pushed him to AAA as a 20-year-old when he started the year in high A, then uh, $33 is pretty good. Jeter Downs, last one went for $48. Uh, Jeter Downs is a very nice player, obviously, for the Dodgers. We just covered him. $48 seems like it could definitely go up. Luis Campusano, $25. I really don't know what to make of that price. I like the player, but he's a catcher. He's in the Padres system. That's absolutely loaded and easily forgettable. Um, so $25 probably is somewhere around where you're expecting him to go and might be even a ceiling for him there. And then Christian Robinson, just the last card that sold was a BGS nine and went for $145 on bids. Um, Christian's one of those guys that, you know, wouldn't be shocked if he exploded next year type of thing. Uh, always has a much higher on base percentage than average. If he can hit for a decent average and get to his power, he could be unbelievable. And he has a lot of power. And then we got a couple guys that completely moved off the list. Uh, Bryce Terang, who is a anywhere from like twenty to thirty-five dollars. The offseason is very weird. If you haven't realized, the offseason is very weird, and that guys' prices fluctuate drastically depending on if somebody decides they want this guy right now. Like, if you really want a Bryce Terang auto, you probably pay thirty-five dollars. If you're not paying attention and nobody else is paying attention, you can get one for 20 you know, that type of thing. So Bryce Terang dropped off the list, which is sad for us Brewers fans, but to be expected, not a ton of power. Uh, Seth Beer dropped off the list. Sad for Diamondbacks fans as they he was part of that Zach Grinke trade, and he's about $25 a base auto. Jonathan India dropped off the list. He's a $25 base auto. He was kind of in the same vein as uh, Nick Senzel. A decent hitter with, uh, or pretty good hitter with uh, ability to play multiple positions, college bat, SEC team. But he dropped off the list, which is unfortunate for Reds fans. Estevan Florial, he dropped off the list. Um, I was really never a huge fan of Estevan Florial, and uh, neither is MLB Pipeline, apparently. But he's still 70 bucks a base auto, which is still really high. I know it's the Yankees. I know the market gets uh, inflated because of that, but 70 bucks for Estevan Florio, I could do a lot better with $70 than going there. 
And then Monte Harrison also dropped off the list. And these are just guys that I noticed. I mean, I'm sure there's more. I just, you know, didn't look through every single one of the guys. Um, but Monte Harrison dropped off the list. There wasn't really any good sales data for him. You know, nothing, not much to say. He had that one really, really good year with the Brewers and then got traded for Yelich and was all right last year. But nothing too spectacular. Um, so a number of guys that are good players, but not top 100 players anymore. And, you know, you can say what you will. You know, Bryce Terang, his eye at the plate and his defense should give him a very high floor. Uh, he he probably is maybe a, you know, number 100 type prospect. Same with Jonathan India. Um, Seth Beer is a first baseman only that whose bat hasn't, increased so you know it makes sense Esteban Florio Monte Harrison athletic outfielders that you know they could blow up again and easily be back on here but like Bryce Durang I like Bryce Durang more than I like Luis Garcia and Luis Garcia is ranked 97th so I would rather have like a Bryce Durang or the Jonathan India in that spot than Luis Garcia but they seem to be willing to give Luis Garcia a million shots uh even though he's not very good. Um, but he was 19 in double A, so you got to give him some benefit there. All right. Uh, a couple other things I noticed on this list that I wasn't really huge on. Um, Bobby Witt Jr. at 10th. Um, I understand that Bobby Witt Jr. was the top high school ath- uh, player in the nation, and he went second to the Royals. But you got a couple guys behind him Jared Kalenic or Kalenic. I'd rather have him. Jesus Lizardo, you know, Joey Bart, I'd rather have him. Christian Pache is really nice. He's at 13. So Kalenic's at 11. Bobby Witt's at 10. Kalenic's at 11. Lizardo's 12. Pache's 13. Joey Bart's 14. Brendan McKay's 15. I'd rather have Kalenic for sure. I'd rather have Joey Bart for sure than Bobby Witt. Pache has an unbelievable floor because he is, uh, I've got this in my notes down here. He's got 370s, a 70 run, a 70 arm, and a 70 field should, will be a gold glover every single year. Will win a bunch of games with his glove alone. Um, but, you know, the bat is just fine. It's a fine bat, but it's nothing to write home about from Pache. So, you know, maybe you don't, you like the upside of Bobby Witt Jr. at shortstop better than Pache. But I'd still rather have the sure thing in Kalenic and the, or Kellenic, sorry, I keep saying his name wrong, and the sure thing in Joey Bart over the very, very risky Bobby Witt Jr. And then even like a guy like Jesus Lizardo, I still think I might rather have. He is going to be an excellent, excellent pitcher who is ready right now. Um, and, You know, Brendan McKay at 15, he looks like he might be more of a all right hitter, you know, a pretty bad DH if he's your full-time DH, but also if he does what he did last year, he looks like he's going to be a max, a mid-rotation arm, probably a more of a number four, is that if you combine those together, it's a nice profile, but is it really the 15th best prospect in baseball? Do you really want him over Julio Rodriguez or Carter Kybloom or Dustin May or Forrest Whitley or Michael Kopech or Sixto Sanchez, you know? C.J. Abrams, Drew Waters, do you really want him over that? And I don't think so. Uh, he's a nice player, 
both pieces combined make him a little bit more valuable, but neither of the pieces he has are, you know, top of the line by any means. And then uh, one really other complaint I had, one big complaint, was Andrew Vaughn at 16, Dylan Carlson at 17. Dylan Carlson, really big-time pop-up prospect, uh, exploded last year, was insanely good. Don't get me wrong here. He was insanely good. In AA, he hit 281, 364, 518 with an 882 OPS with 21 home runs, 24 doubles, and 6 triples. And then in 72 at-bats in AAA, he had four doubles, two triples, five home runs, and hit 361, 418, 681. Like, he was really good, but he was a pop-up prospect. Uh, he's been around for a while. He's 21, going to be eh, 21. He's born a day before me, four years before, four years after me, but a day before me. So uh, I guess that's cool. But... uh Dylan Carlson and Andrew Vaughn. You know, Andrew Vaughn's a first base only. He obviously had the best college bat in the draft last year, but a first base only bat that has no defensive upside, that's only so high you can go, and I'm not taking Andrew Vaughn, no matter how good his bat is, over Julio Rodriguez. I'm not taking him over Carter Kyboom. I'm not taking him over Forrest Whitley or Michael Kopech, even though they're kind of risky because they have bad command or Dustin May. Matt Manning's really good. You know, Drew Otters is good. J.J. Bladé, I like better than Andrew Vaughn. Brendan Rodgers, even though there's some fatigue there, I like better than Andrew Vaughn. Riley Green, I like better than Andrew Vaughn, just from upside standpoint. Marco Luciano, you know, Spencer Howard. There's so many guys that I would rather have than Andrew Vaughn. Obviously, he's a very good bat, but he is first base only. And there's just not that much value there. So 16th for Andrew Vaughn, I don't love. 17th for Dylan Carlson, I just think it's a bit high. I know he was amazing, but it's a bit high. I'd rather take, you know, even if it was just flipping around Dylan Carlson and Julio Rodriguez, since Julio is so much younger. Um, but really, I can't complain too much. Uh, we had a nice run of pitchers here at 1920. 22, 23, and 24 at Forrest Whitley, Michael Kopech, Sixto Sanchez, Dustin May, and Matt Manning, respectively. A pretty good list of pitchers, if I don't say so myself. Um, no real complaints there. Maybe I would like to see a little bit more of a sure thing in Matt Manning over, you know, maybe ranked a little bit higher than the guys that have insane stuff, but terrible command in Forrest Whitley and Michael Kopech. But, you know, it's only a couple spots, and they really have the same overall grade, so it doesn't really matter uh, that much. Um, and then lastly, one thing I really found interesting was the Tigers. You know, a lot of teams have multiple prospects on here, a lot of good prospects, but the Tigers have Casey Mize, right-handed pitcher, obviously, at 7, and he's $125 for a PSA 10 base auto. Matt Manning at 24, who's a $20 base auto, and Tarek Skuwal at 46, who does not have uh, any Bowman autos. But Tarek Skuwal is a left-handed pitcher. So they got two righties and a lefty in the top 50 um, for pitching prospects, which is should be extremely exciting for uh, Tigers fans. The one issue you run into is 
you know, 70% of prospects fail. So you'd expect like only one of those guys to become an actual good starter. But if all three of them could become good starters, two righties and a lefty, uh, the Tigers rotation could be unbelievable in a couple of years. And then um, outside of the positioning, I've got a few notes on, we'll try to get this done here real quick here. I've got a few notes on tool grades. Um, Wander, Wander Franco, was given an 80 hit grade tool, which is, you know, Flag Guerrero Jr.-esque. Um, I don't feel like I need to tell you why that's amazing. Obviously, 20 to 80 scale and 80 is the top of the line. He's 18 years old, and they're giving him an 80-hit tool. That's incredible. Uh, Ellie Rushman was given 460s. Um, what's nice about him is is a 60-hit, 60-power, 60 60-arm, 60 60-field. 60 so both hit and power and defense should be good. If you're not going to have a 60 and you're a catcher, it might as well be your run, which was a 40. So really nice from Ellie Rushman. Hopefully those tools play up. He struggled a little bit in a ball uh when he's playing but you know he played a long college season i expect him to bounce back here uh in his first full season after having a time off in the off season so ali rushman 460s joe adele oh and ali rushman base autos are around 300 dollars if you're wondering uh joe adele had um a bunch of 60s he was given a 55 hit but then a 65 power, 60 run, 60 arm, 60 field. So the obviously the floor is really high because you have a very athletic, good defender with power. Um, but the hit tool is a 55. Like Keon Broxton, if I can bring it back to a Brewers player, Keon Broxton is probably a you know 60, 60, 60 guy with pretty big time power, but his hit tool is probably like a 30. So it doesn't play up very well. But with a 55-hit tool, that floor that he has, all of a sudden that is that ceiling is huge because of the 55-hit tool. So Joe Adele, also 460s. And then Bobby Wood Jr., um, who did not play, or who did play but doesn't have a Bowman, uh, he was given 460s, a 60 power, 60 run, 60 arm, 60 field, 55 hit. So uh, nice to see 60s from or 460s from Bobby Wood Jr. It doesn't happen very often. These were the only three guys with multiple 60s. Um, and then Pache had 370s, you know, which is really good. And Pache, uh, Christian Pache is like, is one of those guys that has a huge, huge, huge floor. Uh, we talked about it a little earlier, but he has a huge floor because he has unbelievable defensive upside where he doesn't even really need a hit even if he hits just all right the amount of defense he brings to the table will change games by himself <clears throat> so that was pretty cool bunch of 60s always like that Mackenzie Gore Mackenzie Gore was given a 60 fastball 60 curveball 60 slider 60 changeup 60 control that's insane I've you never see that um, usually it's like, oh, this dude has a 70 fastball and a 60 curve and a 50 slider, 50 changeup, 60 control, something like that. But 60s across the board, uh, crazy to see, especially out of a lefty, really excited about what he's got going for him in the future. And he is at a, he's been going for like $80 buy it now all month, which is really, really expensive. 
I mean, you're looking at guys like Nate Pearson, who did really well for 40 bucks, and Mackenzie Gore is double at it. He's obviously the best pitching prospect in baseball. Um, but still, $80 is a lot for a pitcher. A lot. So, like, while I like Mackenzie Gore, I don't know if I'd buy him at $80. You got Casey Mize. Casey Mize, the the second best pitching prospect in baseball, was given a 60 fastball, 60 slider, 70 splitter, 60 control. Uh, I'm surprised David Stearns hasn't traded for Casey Mize yet because David Stearns loves splitters. Uh, guys that throw splitters, but a 70 splitter is insane. He's got all the ingredients to be a dominant, dominant pitcher. And I am quite excited to see Casey Mize pitch this year. He should be in the majors at some point, I would expect, uh, along with Matt Manning. And that Tigers rebuild could go from bad to really good very quickly. You know, you get a couple frontline starters in there, and you got the money that the Tigers have, and they can buy their hitters by their bullpen should be should be really good though the tigers have tried to bull by by bullpens for years and it's never worked um but you know if both matt manning and casey mize can hit uh their ceilings that tigers rotation will be amazing you got nate pearson and michael kopech with 80 grade fastballs you also had like bruce star grad rule but nate pearson was eight and michael kopech was 20th um Kopech will be is ready to pitch in the majors, just has to be healthy. And Nate Pearson will be pitching in the majors this year. Um, he'll probably get a few more innings under his belt in AAA, but uh, he was amazing last year. He's got, unlike Kopech, who his command isn't spectacular, Nate Pearson has really good command and a really, really good slider. And even his curveball and changeup are average uh i am very you guys know this because we've been talking about nate pearson for years very excited to see what he can do i would not be shocked if in two to three years he's like the best pitcher in baseball wouldn't be shocked and right now his base autos are like 40 to 45 dollars michael kopech on the other hand i couldn't find really any base autos but he did just have a refractor sell for 55 dollars so take that for what you will um, already brought up Christian Pache's going through my notes. Already brought up Christian Pache's three seventy grade tools, um, which you know is obviously really nice. Pache was ranked thirteenth, and he's given a fifty five hit, fifty power, seventy run, seventy arm, seventy field. He struggled in Triple uh, A to get to his power last year. Hopefully that changes because if he can even get to, you know. 15 to 20 home runs on the year and maybe 50 extra base hits with that defense he is a absolute star so hopefully he can get there with that um cj abrams one of my favorite rookies from the uh draft class was given a 60 hit 80 speed which is a very nice combination um hopefully they won't be doing you know slap it on the ground and try to get on first base like the Twins tried to do with Carlos Gomez. Not that Carlos Gomez ever had a 60-hit tool in his life. But, you know, you get those teams that try to try to make a guy something he's not. So hopefully they let him uh, hit the ball to all fields and uh, see what happens. But C.J. Abrams, extremely exciting. Shortstop, 
ton of speed, good hit tool, good eye at the plate for the most part. Uh, you know, decent decent shortstop might be a more of a second baseman going forward, but is really exciting, kind of like Xavier Edwards, who they just traded away to the race. Uh, C.J. Abrams' base autos are $165. If I had a bone to pick with anything, it's that Andrew Vaughn is at 16th and C.J. Abrams is at 25th. I know Andrew Vaughn went three picks higher, and I know he's a much better hitter. But I'll take the upside of C.J. Abrams every single day over Andrew Vaughn. I saw uh, Sean Murphy at 33. It was kind of shocking. It seemed a little bit high for me. He is a catching prospect for the A's that whose bat is not like spectacular even though he had a really 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 good year in AAA but he's in the Pacific Coast League in Las Vegas so you got to take those numbers with a grain of salt uh the thing about uh Sean Murphy is that he is the best catching the defensive catching prospect in baseball they give him a 70 arm and a 65 field like, even if he doesn't hit, you know, Austin Hedges doesn't hit, but he's still a really valuable player because he's, like, the best defensive catcher in baseball. Sean Murphy won't have to hit. Can be amazing, but he's at $20 a base if he doesn't hit. You know, people don't pay for defense, so Sean Murphy's one of those guys at 33 that is a very cheap top 100 prospect because it's really defensive upside here and nothing else. You got Nick Madrigal on the in the same vein. Nick Madrigal, we've talked about him before. Uh, he was given a 70 hit, 60 run, 60 field, but 35 power. Um, you know, he was ranked 40th. He's a top 40 prospect, but that 35 power, I mean, the 70 hit is really nice. The 60 runs nice. The 60 field's nice. Going to be an incredible second baseman. For sure. Going to be very valuable. Going to be like a three to four win player probably every single year because his defense gives him a really high floor. And there's going to be years where, you know, he has a 300 average and like a 320, 330 on base and like a 400, you know, a 770 OPS type guy uh, with great defense and good speed is going to be very nice. That being said, unless that power increases, there's no way I'd ever invest in Nick Madrigal. Right now, his base autos are going for 55 bucks. Can't be me. Couldn't be me. I wouldn't invest in it. Even though he's ranked number 40 on this MLB pipeline, I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, in the same vein as Sean Murphy and Nick Madrigal, we got Cabrian Hayes, who is a third base prospect for the Pirates who is insanely good defensively. He's ranked 41st, one spot ahead of Nick Madrigal. The thing about Hayes is that he was given a 60 hit, <clears throat> 50 power, 55 runs, 60 arm, 65 field. Should be one of the best third basemen defensively in baseball. But the hit and power is what really could play up. Uh, he's got a good eye at the plate. He had a 265 average last year in AAA and a 336 on base percentage. If that average can go up a little bit and that power can go up a little bit, you know, he only ran a 415 slugging. If I can get a little bit more power out of him with that defense and that eye at the plate, he's an absolute star. But we need that power to play up. 
Uh, so we'll see what happens. You can't be running 415 slugging percentages at third base and expect people to invest. But right now, his base, his last base went for $28, um, 41st ranked prospect. If we can get that power to play up, you watch out. Cabrian Hayes could be huge, but I'm not overly confident in it. And then lastly, or no, we got a couple more actually. Hunter Green was 53rd, um, which should be interesting for all of you guys because he was the second overall pick in 2017. And. He's dealt with injuries pretty much the entire time, the rest of the way. But he's given an 80-grade fastball. He regularly hits 97 to 102. Um, was a really good athlete that could have been drafted in the first round as a shortstop also, but was drafted in the first, second overall as a pitcher. So, you know, there's something to fall back on there if pitching doesn't work out. He wasn't great before he was injured, but the red system has a ton of good pitchers in it right now. In the majors, Derek Johnson's giving his philosophy probably all up and down the up and down the system um so i'm very excited to see what hunter green can do in a healthy season this year um and i couldn't really find any base autos of him but a blue 9.5 went for 160 dollars so a couple of years ago that would have been seen as super super low and now you can get him at pretty decent prices so you know if you want to take a chance on hunter green and see what happens wouldn't be a bad option right now. Uh, the Mets had back-to-back 18-year-olds at 62nd and 63rd in uh, the uh, Ronnie Maruccio, who is one of the better shortstop prospects in baseball at such a young age of 18. And they had ugh, computers messing up here. And they had Francisco Alvarez who's a pop-up prospect who was ranked 63rd. And he's also an 18-year-old catching prospect, one of the 10 catching prospects. He had a very good year last year in the Appalachians uh, Rookie League. He went 282, 377, 443 for an 820 OPS in 35 games, 131 at-bats. So nice to see him pop up up there for the Mets. They have a lot of lower-ranked guys. Uh, Andres Jimenez, um, Ronnie Maruccio, Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty. You know, they've got a lot of those guys in the 50 to 100 range. Not so much uh, top half. But, you know, a couple of these guys hit it off, and you're looking at the Mets as a really good system in a few years. Uh, one of the more interesting players in the whole thing is Geraldo Perdomo, uh, Dimebacks prospect. He is a shortstop who has a 55 hit, 45 power, 60 run, 60 arm, 60 field. He obviously has the ability to play shortstop. A good hit tool. He hit in high A and double A last year. He's a 20-year-old right now. He'll be 20 all year. And last year he hit in A ball, 268, 394, 357. And then in high A, a lot less games, almost 200 less uh, no, 120 less played. Mm, nope, 220 less uh, at bats. He had hit 301, 407 uh, on base and a 387 slugging, good for a 794 OPS. Uh, really, really good on base percentages. A 268 average, but a 394 on base, and a 301 average, but a 407 on base. Like that's really good from a kid so young. He obviously didn't hit for any power. He only hit for three home runs all year. 
but he is 6'3", 184 pounds. So you know I don't like Nick Madrigal and Bryce Terang from an investment standpoint because they have no power. Geraldo Perdomo has no power, but he's got a frame that may be able to add it. It might be able to add it. And I'd be much more willing to take a chance on Geraldo Perdomo, whose base auto is going for like 30 bucks in a good Dimeback system, than I would be willing to go for Bryce Terang at the same price or Nick Madrigal at almost two times the price. Like, give me Geraldo Perdomo all day. And then two last guys here. Uh, one was Shane Baz. You guys know how much I love Shane Baz. Um, he's ranked 90th on the list, and I just find that to be insanely low. Uh, he's given a 70 fastball, 65 slider, 45 curve, 50 changeup, 45 control. If he can get a little bit of control, you know, a little bit of control more, he could be a frontline starter. You're looking at guys like, uh, where is he? Michael Kopeck is ranked 20th, and he's given an 80. 80 fastball, 50 curve, 65 slider, 50 changeup, 45 control. You know, slightly better fastball, same same slider, a little worse curveball, and the same changeup, same control between the two guys. But Michael Kopech is ranked 20th. Shane Bass is ranked 90th. Okay, makes no sense. Um, Shane Bass has the tools to be a top-line starter. He's got the system, the raise, to develop him like a top-line starter. So I'm much more willing to bet on a Shane Baz than a lot of the guys ahead of him in this list. I mean, he's at 90. Pitchers directly in front of him, Clark Schmidt at 88. Jordan Balzovich at 86. Edward Cabrera at 85. Brewstar, who we like, at 83. And then you got to go a ways to find another D.L. Hall, who we like at 69, Braylon Marquez, 68, Josiah Gray, 67, who we like. So, you know, there's a lot of pitchers on here that I like, but I'd take Shane Baz over Clark Schmidt, over Edward Cabrera, over Jordan Balzovich, you know, for sure. I'd probably take him over Brewstar, if I'm being honest. I mean, I feel like he should at least be in the 70s, if not higher. But that's neither here nor there. It should give him, at least he's on it, and it should give him some motivation to really show people what he can do. And then lastly, but not definitely not least, at 54 on the list, we've got Jason Dominguez, the Martian, the Yankees' top international signing from this year. Um, they used $5.1 million of their $5.4 million international signing bonus to sign him out of the Dominican Republic we obviously can't make any judgments on him because we haven't seen him play stateside yet. But at 54, he definitely, 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 definitely has more trade value than a lot of the guys ahead of him. If the Yankees were like, hey, Reds, we'll trade you Jason Dominguez for Hunter Green straight up, the Reds would take that all day. The Braves would take Kyle Wright, who's at 52, all day for Jason Dominguez. The Cubs would trade Nico Horner. The Padres would trade Luis Campusano. The Diamondbacks would trade Alex Thomas. The Reds would trade Nick Lodolo. Cards would trade Nolan Gorman. You know, the Tigers would trade Tarek Skubal. So while I know we can't 
make any judgments on him from his playing time because he hasn't played yet. And I'm sure MLB Pipeline just had to stick him somewhere in here, so they stuck him near the middle of the pack at 54. There's a lot of guys ahead of him that every single team would trade for the shot at Jason Dominguez. Um, so 54 seems way too low. Obviously, I complain a lot about guys that, you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the six draftees in the top 31, and they've at least played. So, you know, it's maybe a little hypocritical of me, but Jason Dominguez is so, so good. You know, he's the highest-ranked international prospect of, like, all time. Let's give him, let's show him a little bit more love, but I'm excited to see his, 29, or his 2020 Bowman autographs. Um, if you guys didn't see, there was a picture of him signing those the other day, the oranges for sure. Uh, and so super excited to see what he comes out at. I'm guessing he's going to be a thousand dollar base auto instantly right out of the gate. thousand bucks would not shock me if Wander Franco can go for a 500 on the raise. Jason Dominguez is, I would not be shocked if it goes for a thousand because it's the Yankees. So super excited about that. Um, so that's that's all my news and notes for this. Uh, lastly, I just like to talk about the list as as a whole. Um, you know, not as many complaints this year from me. Usually, I'm a Fangraphs guy. I like their lists the most. Um, and MLB Pipeline is usually fine. I've got a decent number of complaints every year about MLB Pipeline. And then, like, Baseball America and stuff I don't love. Mainly because Baseball America will use, like, for the Brewers' top uh, prospect list, Baseball America will use, like, Tom Hargicourt to come up with it. I mean, obviously he has insight from their prospect guys and scouts, but, you know, Tom Hargicourt doesn't know anything, right? He's just, he's the Brewers' goonie for... Journal Sentinel online, and that I could go on all day about that. But uh, so MLB Pipeline is usually a middle of the pack one. You got other ones. You got Christopher Crawford, who usually comes out with his prospect handbooks. You've got um, the guy from minor league ball. I can't remember his name. Works for the Athletic now. That will come out with his that I usually like. But MLB Pipeline usually I have a decent number of complaints. But this year. You know, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. I uh, they dropped Brennan Rogers, which I agree with. You know, they dropped some guys that struggle, like Alex Kirilov, which I can agree with. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez is 36, which I agree with. Marco Luciano's 35. I understand you can't put him too high, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's like number one in a year and a half. Um, so you know, not too much, not too much to complain about this year, which is nice. Usually I have a lot to complain about. Usually there's some times where it just seems very lazy. Like last year, there was like four guys in the 50s that were all just drafted, and it seemed like they just didn't know what to do, so they just stuck them all in the middle and called it good. Um, not so this year. So pretty happy with the MLB Pipeline Top 100 right now. Um, obviously a very good tool to use if you're investing because a lot of people look at it. So if other people are looking at it, you should be looking at it because it gives you an idea of what people are paying attention to. And, you know, this is the type of list that really affects people's card prices um, going into a year. So, all in all, I would say the 2020 LB Pipeline is a pretty good list, which is not something I usually would say.
So I hope you all enjoyed the 2020 MLB prospect top 100 list review. Um, hopefully it wasn't too boring for you. But uh, number of guys in there, number of guys I like. If you take anything away from this at all, at all, just remember Geraldo Perdomo's name. That's all. Keep Geraldo Perdomo's name in the back of your mind because if he can get to some power, he could be huge, and he's 6'3". So otherwise, uh, in, enjoy doing this. We'll get another Digging Corners podcast out next week. I look forward to that. It's usually always Monday. We had to switch some things around this week. Um, So hopefully you all enjoy this podcast, and I will talk to you again next time.